I can't see. I'm fine with that. And, uh, <laughs> that's I I noticed that. It's like perfect. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> Just make sure um I <laughs> one second. Uh, okay. It's the first meeting. And you've all met each other now, right? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't do introductions oh, yeah. around the room because <laughs> for three of you it's the first time meeting in this space yeah. in person and I forget that. First time in three years. We do not have to make this for live stream. What? Huh. We've been practicing and have been live streaming. We did it once, yeah. Do you want me to text message Sarah? Would you? This is all being recorded, too. <laughs> Lovely. Good. Busy. What about you? Same. But Vince been in town. Sorry to get back to you. She said something about she's not sure with everybody using the PIO Alameda login. Mm -hmm. Facebook says if it's not a real person, mm -hmm. they may kick you off. Mm -hmm. So it's attached to her personal email, a personal Facebook account. I'm going to uh, just close out and uh, try again. And since now all the city departments are using the PIO Alameda login, it may get more attention than it normally <laughs> would. Okay. Logged in. Well, I'm going to Facebook. Oh, it's went to public. Jeez, please. There was on the page and not on it, her. That's why right. I just accidentally. Let me start this over. This is live. Oh, Jim, make sure um, your audio is off. I click the box and
doing my stream. I think it's okay. But that's strange because um, when I closed the webinar last time, it shut me out of Facebook, but now it's automatically telling me it's being live streamed. Mine says live and it says recording. I'm going to stop it real quick. And Let's I see how this city setting. The city. And I'm going to go back to Zoom. We have practiced every day for the last month. That's why this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. And every time we did something, we learned something new. We learned how to close caption. We learned how to start Facebook Live. We learned how to position the camera. You know, all these things one at a time. In a year, we'll probably have it down pretty well. And then we start taking another way. That's right. It's preparing the live stream. Okay, so we're good. Okay. Um, and we're recording, so well, it says webinar is now streaming live on Facebook. Okay, so I'll read order whenever President McConaughey is ready. Can I call the meeting to order? A roll call. Uh, let's see. President McConaughey here. Vice President Strickler here. Board member Amara Siri Wardena. Here. Board member Kanji. Here. And board member Kearney. Here. By present. Non-agenda public comment. Anyone may speak for three minutes regarding any matter not on this agenda. Do we have any attendees? Uh, let's see. There are two attendees. Um, is Would anyone like to speak? Raise the You'll have to raise your hand so that I can see if you do wish to speak. No. Nobody's raised so far. Okay, in case you would like to speak uh, later, we do have another opportunity at the end. Um, so we can move on. A consent calendar. Report from the library director highlighting activities for the months of January and February 2023. That's kind of a longest board letter, partly because it has a lot of pictures. Mm -hmm. um, our biggest news, our best favorite news is we are almost completely staffed back up. We still have one full-time position, but the Interviews have happened. The second interviews are getting scheduled with the top three to five candidates. So we're very excited. And I literally can feel the staff feeling the weight of okay. carrying the full load themselves lifted off of them. The program programming committee met and they are very excited because they feel like they could actually do more programming because they're not constantly being pulled to work the desks. So I think things are going to liven up a little bit. And if if you thought that we were already doing a lot of stuff, we're gonna be doing a lot more. Um, summer is coming up and summer reading, they've been working on putting that together since January. And so we're just about ready to go with that. Even though most of it's online, it's still a matter of lining up prizes and figuring out what the differences are gonna be between children's programs and adult programs. But I gotta tell you the whole, whole air among the staff is so different and it's so nice to see because they were doing their jobs, but you could just see they were slogging through. And so that that's probably our very best news. 
If you happen to go down to the West End, now we have stable staffing at both branches instead of having people float between the two. There's a senior librarian and a library technician full-time at each location. And Giuliano is one of our newest hires. If you like accents, he's got a great accent. <laughs> <laughs> so Giuliano and Fernando are down at our West End and He's got plans for programs. She's always got plans for programs and we'll be doing our DIA program up here at the main for us. And then out at Bay Farm, that's where one of the full-time vacancies currently is. We do have rotating staff through there, but Rosemary Van Land, who has been floating between the two branches, is now gonna be stable at that location. And so the Mystery Book Club will live out there instead of between the two. So yeah, say hi to our new people. Our new programming librarian came in like a ball of energy. Um, Valia is a former high school librarian and has always wanted to work in the public libraries. And she's got a bazillion ideas, led the programming committee through a lot of possible outreach activities, in addition to ideas for programs to be done in-house, mostly in the adult team, because that's her charge but she's working in concert with children's department. So some programs will be family programs. So we're very excited to see her first program um, since she's been with us for three, two weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, we make them hit the ground running. Okay. <laughs> I think she's still in the training mode. It shows up on the schedule as in training, in training. <laughs> but um, they are fast learners. And so we're very pleased to have them here. Um, if you happen down in Children's, there's that beautiful new clock that I put a picture in the board letter that um, Mary Blackshire's brother made in her memory. And for those who don't know who Mary Blackshire is, her sister, Virginia, currently works down in Children's and her niece, Jennifer, is one of our part-timers who does our uh, interlibrary loan program and Link Plus. And Jennifer finished library school, so she's looking for a library position as a librarian, but she's perfectly happy to be here and help out with the library that she grew up in. But it's a beautiful clock and there were other family members who worked at the library and in HR and in finance and everything around the city. They were, it's a large family, a dozen kids. Um, so there's that great clock. I mentioned some of the programs that we've done. We've got this upcoming, or maybe she just finished. No, it's upcoming. Author program, uh, children's author. And if you haven't read Eyes That Kiss at the Corners, it'll make you cry. It's a really wonderful book. Um, all her stories tend to address um, Asian ethnic identities and feelings. And she kind of touches you in a way that a lot of other picture books trying to do the same thing don't. So we're really, really happy that she'll be coming and some of her books will be available for sale if you're into buying autographed copies and things like that. They make great gifts. The transit plan that I spoke about at our last meeting is gonna go forward. In my board letter, I said April 4th, it's already been pushed to the second meeting in April, but they are gonna make the recommendation so we still will be able to turn left and right coming out of our parking lot. There will still be a turning lane over at Oak, but we are gonna lose some of the street parking. 
they are hiring additional staffing for the parking enforcement group. So they will patrol our lot on a more regular basis and that will help keep the cars moving through and not have people park there all day for other businesses and services. So I support the plan that they chose. <laughs> Sounds kind of weird, but it's the least offensive. <laughs> um, so we'll have to see how it goes. I think in the long run, it'll be good. Further down Lincoln, where Tilden is, there'll be a roundabout that's also going to help slow traffic. And I believe the dog park is going to go out in that direction as well. So if they have a dog on the east end, they'll have a new dog park soon. But this was a very long project. It's like a mile long stretch. And so we're just a tiny piece. And I'm glad they were able to reach out and at least ask our opinion. The uh, consignment site grant is beginning to wrap up. We are going to be consignment, wrong, confinement site grant. Um, we're going to be doing our culminating exhibition here at the library with the opening reception on May 17th. I have that in the letter. We're still picking what's going to be displayed. But the program itself that night will probably be, we're planning about an hour with various members of that community speaking about what's going to be on display. The display I hope to have up for about two months. So if you can't make the opening, you'll be able to walk around and there'll be kind of like museum cards that explain what you're looking at. And some of the members of the committee may be available to do docent hours. They're looking at their own schedule. So they may be down in the meeting room and be able to explain what people are looking at or be happy. They are thrilled to be able to tell people their stories. And so that will be coming up um, as well. The historical Japantown markers are the fabricators. I just saw payment go through from the church for their marker. So we do expect those to be on time and both the library and the church markers to be installed by the end of April so that they can dedicate and celebrate the marker at the church when they do their bazaar at the mm -hmm. beginning of May. That's really what lit the fire under them for that. The friends have a ton of things going on and I think Sarah's gonna talk about their biggest thing, but um, books for friends, if you haven't poked your head in that little bookstore that's down there, you should. It's amazing what it used to be as kind of a junk room sorting space to an amazing little store. And it's really I used quiet. to work there when it was a junk room sorting space. It really is. Yeah, that's great. And they're looking to expand their hours as they get more volunteers. And I think they've done a good job in creating gift cards that can be used at any of the book sales. And I think down the road, you might be able to buy a books for a friend gift card and use it at the cafe if the cafe starts accepting um, those kinds of things. So it'll be one payment card for anything that the friends do. Then they also, um, in expanding their hours, are hoping to expand their reach with their volunteers and their volunteer core for everything. They have a mini book sale coming up. They're still looking for volunteers to help set up on the Thursday prior. The book sale will be Friday and Saturday. And they usually wrap up those mini sales on Saturday afternoon and have everything put away and cleared out before we close mm -hmm. so that it doesn't spill over into Sunday, not that it can't, but um, they've been really good. And they had been 
doing it only as a one day sale, but it was an awful lot of work for just a few hours on a Saturday. So that's why we're going to do two days and see how that goes. They will not be doing a May sale at the O Club this year. They're going to do this mini sale now and they will gear up and do the big multi-day sale at the O Club in October. But they are busy, busy, busy. The Live at the Library went amazingly well. Yes, we did pack the room and the vocalist canceled that morning. She had a, a family emergency and had to attend a funeral in Paris. <laughs> so she was catching a flight out. So the um, pianist called in a favor and had a friend come to sing and she was amazing. Her name was Jackie Ryan and she sang in English, Spanish and Portuguese. Some of her Spanish and Portuguese CDs sold. A lot of people were very excited and there was one woman whose mother is Portuguese and she was thrilled to hear some of the songs she heard growing up being sung by a contemporary jazz singer. So that was really nice. It was almost better than who we originally planned. <laughs> um, but it went really, really well. And the next concert, all the concerts are now sold out, but the next one will be in March, at the end of March. So we're kind of looking forward to it. They're always jazz concerts. And so we'll see how those go. But they bought some new lights so they don't have to borrow some of them. We own some of them. Thanks to the Live at the Library, we now have a portable stage. We have some portable lights. We have an amazing backdrop curtain that was donated. And we have the stencil that puts Live at the Library and lights up in the, at the curtain above um, as part of the backdrop. And then they hire a sound guy. So the sound is really amazing in that room. People walk into the room and they're like, hmm, okay. And then they come to a concert and the whole space is just transformed. It's pretty amazing. And the friends helped, thankfully, put all the chairs away at the end of the evening. So that's all good. So we've been busy. The friends have been busy. The city in general has been busy. There's a bunch of projects coming up. Um, citywide strategic plan. We just had the first meeting last Monday. There will be a point where they're going to do what they call gallery walks, where they have the vision and the projects that are going to support some of those visions available for people to see and comment on before the whole thing becomes permanent or permanent, becomes final, that's the word. Um, it should be interesting. I'm working really hard to make sure wherever they say quality of life is parks, that libraries follow that mm -hmm. because sometimes they say, oh yeah, parks and libraries. It's always really close, parks and libraries. People move to some places for parks and libraries. But it's never in writing. So I want to make sure it's in writing that if they say parks are important, they say libraries are important. I had tried to make it my thing to make people understand libraries are an essential service, but it's a long road. Um, but that strategic plan is coming. It's just starting. They're starting kind of late because it came along with the new city manager in January. It's going to hopefully dovetail into the budget process, which is also started. So it's budget season and we have a city budget workshop for the department heads this Friday. It will come to public budget hearings in May, if everything stays on track. 
So at that time, depending on which way the wind is blowing, we may need support mm -hmm. to speak to support the library budget. Um, never hurts to always support the library's yeah. budget. <laughs> I don't know if there's going to be additional talk about bond measures or infrastructure bonds or an attempt to increase our property tax increment. There's minor discussions because there's other projects that they want to try and fund. But I've told them that I would like us to have some sort of increase in revenues of some kind to start a capital project fund. Because if we want to ever build out at Alameda Point or even do the seed and tool library at Gene Sweeney Park, we're going to need money and it doesn't grow on trees and it's not going to come from the state. The state library building fund is gone. Mm -hmm. Um, they are offering money for renovation, but our projects coming forward are not renovations, they're new. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't qualify because I had looked into those. But I'm following that process really closely. It's still a little early. Our only new ask is for another new position. Everything else is kind of flat because they want to go with a zero-based budget and then look at what the asks are and the city manager and the city council will decide what they'll add back on. So considering what I know other people are gonna be asking for, asking for one position is not going to be a huge ask. So I'm hoping it kind of flies through, mm -hmm. but again, only time will tell for some Zero base means what we had last year? Yes, they gave me two years of actuals and they wanted me to work with the actuals and putting together the next two years, but I didn't. I put in quite a lot more uh -huh. than the actuals and they go, well, can you explain why you've increased it so much? Well, two years ago, we were closed. We were open for three months right. and then we closed completely yep. for several weeks. And then we only reopened without any part-time staff. So my part-time budget is huge compared to the actuals. And they're like, why is that? Because they weren't here, they were laid off. So I had to explain, we weren't open. We gradually opened and I outlined our gradual reopening. And without public in the building, we're not using as much copy paper. We're not using office supplies. So I need to increase those because now we're open seven days a week. We increased our hours. We're almost back to full staffing. So I really need what we had four years ago. Mm -hmm. So finance has accepted that and they're putting forward what I've asked for because all of my explanation is in there, similar to that email yeah. that I had sent out. Right. Um, so finance understands, the city manager understands. We'll have to see if the council understands okay. that that would be the reason for such a large bump up. But yes, it's supposed to be a zero, but I told them I'll go back to zero when we were open. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to ask us when we had nobody here. Um, so the budget, the strategic plan, the diversity, equity, inclusion groups are moving forward, not as quickly as some other things, but the city now has a work team. We have a consultant from the outside. And in, I think they're hoping six to nine months from now, they'll have a, a product for the city, which might be guidelines for how we do things. Mm. Have we considered um, 
offering a new service, who is it serving? Who is it not serving? Who are we including? How are we trying to make it inclusive? And so kind of a checklist of what we should do before we start or stop a service. In order to come up with that checklist, they formed a committee of city employees from top to bottom. So there's like two department heads. I'm not one of them. I'm on the steering committee. But they have field workers. They have line staff from public service desks. They have um, engineers, just every department, all ethnicities, all genders, all ages, various tenures with the city. So it, it really is a broad mix. I think there's about 30 people that are on that group and they're breaking up into smaller work groups. And what exactly the smaller committees are doing, I'm not sure, because a lot of the work is confidential. Mm. So the consultant knows, we don't have names for most people. I know who I submitted, but that's about all I know. Um, and hopefully something good will come out of all of it where they're trained and they'll be able to be advisors to the city council on new services and things that are offered in the city. Everything from hiring practices to services mm -hmm. um, will be included in the types of things that they will advise on, or at least that's our hope. Um, PI budget, strategic plan. I think those are the big city projects for now and considering our city manager has only been with us since the beginning of January, I think she's doing a bang up job. <laughs> if you ever wanted to learn anything about Alameda Point, watch last night's first presentation at the council meeting. She used to be the COO for Alameda Point before she left Alameda. So she started the presentation, public works, the consultant, everybody jumped in. I learned a lot about Alameda Point and considering I was here for all of that, man, there's a lot of stuff I didn't know. And it's really interesting about how the infrastructure is being phased in, how it's being paid for. And they do mention quality of life and that name libraries was not in there. So yeah, I kind of gave her a hard time about that <laughs> when I saw her. She goes, yeah, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> but she, she is a library supporter, so I'm not overly worried. But it, it was a very good presentation. I think she's doing a wonderful job. And her door is always open to residents or staff members. If you ever want to talk to her, um, you can just call her office and her EAA will set up something if you want to meet in person or something like that. Might take a little time for her to get back to you, but she will. Um, she's a very good person. Our expenditure report is normal. Some things are paid annually, so they go out in a big lump and then it looks like we have nothing. And some come out towards the end of the year, so it looks like we're sitting on a big pot of money and we're not. Um, overall, our bottom line looks good, so I think we're doing well. We're a little more than halfway through our fiscal year. Uh, same with the check register. And then I think that's all. I have to say any changes to the draft minutes from last meeting. I found a couple of typographical errors, sorry. <laughs> On page two, mm -hmm. Vice President Vickers' last name is misspelled. I have no idea. <laughs> and on page three, President McConaughey's name is 
wrong one, two, three, four lines from the bottom, just uh, transposed digits. Okay. Uh, letters, yeah. That's. Those changes will be made. That's my only comment. <laughs> Thank you for talking about Any other comments? Um, Okay, modified library services report for the month of December 2022 and January 2023. Yeah, this is the last one I'm going to do in this format. And then it's going to go back to the old format. And I know some of you have not seen really the old format, but it's a lot of little numbers. Um, way more information that was on here. These were kind of the highlights. And so I think I'll wait till you see it to answer questions because I know there will be questions on it. Our numbers are slowly creeping up again as we now staff up and as we are beginning to get more people out of their houses and back into our buildings. It's still slow. It's still slow across the region, but, um, but we're getting there. I don't think we're ever going to be number one, but for our size, I think we do pretty well. I don't really have that much more to say. Are there any questions about any other numbers? Okay. Financial report reflecting fiscal year 22-23 expenditures by fund for January and February 2023. Nothing remarkable. We are in the black. Okay, bills for ratification for the months of January and February 2023. Again, nothing remarkable. All right. So, do we need a motion to approve the consent calendar? Including the draft minutes with the two corrections. And again, including the draft minutes with the two corrections. Including the draft minutes. <laughs> I move that we use Excel. Second. Okay. Shot second. Yeah, second. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Vocalize that second. <laughs> okay. We no longer have to do a roll call vote because we're in person. So, um, all in favor? Aye. 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 That's five eyes. Okay. Pass. Okay. Regular agenda items, current and ongoing library activities. Well, I kind of talked about a lot of them already. Um, the annual Peeps Diorama Contest is coming up. Yeah. So if you like to play with your food, your opportunity <laughs> is coming. It's a great family event. You can pick up a kit here at the library, I think, starting the second week in April. But I know Peeps are available in the store now. Mm -hmm. And you can come up with your idea and buy your own supplies. We're not opposed to that. We just make some available to the public has to be a shoebox size. There has to be at least one peep in the diorama and no other food products because we don't want too much sugar in the building. <laughs> um, it's really fun. I've been thinking about this for a while because we haven't done this for a while. So I'll have to see what mine turns out to look like. But people pick kind of funny, like there's peeps at the beach and you know they've got peeps in little beach chairs. There's a lot of current events. So there were a whole bunch of Harry Potter things, Harry Peeper. <laughs> and 
<clears throat> they pick movie themes, they pick you know, book titles. A lot of library staff pick book titles. We've had Charlotte Peeps, we've had Little Peeps on the Prairie, <laughs> um, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it's a fun thing to do. And a hint is fresh peeps don't glue well. Mm. So if you want to buy your own, buy them, open the package and let them sit around and get hard on the outside a little bit. And then a glue gun is a better way to go than liquid white glue. So okay. just so you know, not like well, I've done this before. Uh, they'll be on display, I think this, the last part of April. I want to say the 17th to the 28th with the winner announced on the 28th. Oh. You'll be able to come in and either see photographs or see the actual diorama. There'll be pictures of all of them on the website. So you could vote on the website, but it's the People's Choice mm -hmm. <laughs> Award. And I think there'll be first, second, and third place awards. And they're usually peeps related prizes, like a box of Peeps cereal actually make that stuff. <laughs> um, sometimes there, so once there was a Peeps purse, another time it was a stuffed Peep. So you never really know what kind of thing they find to give us prizes. But again, it's supposed to be family friendly and the theme needs to be family friendly. Um, <laughs> some people go a little overboard. And so we have to add that disclaimer in there. But it, it's a lot of fun, and it's also something that the council always loves to see the pictures of, and we're always trying to get them to come over here and vote themselves. Mm -hmm. um, so that's coming up. With our new teen librarian, she's considering a lot of special things, and one of the things she's considering, seriously, is to perhaps launch a teen noble, uh, no, poet laureate program. Mm -hmm. um, our current poet laureate is interested in helping with that. And she works with schools already. So if Kimi wants to work with um, Ariana, they're looking at the timing. It may not happen this school year because we're already close to the end of the school year, but pull themselves together over the summer and then in the fall, mm -hmm. maybe do a few workshops and then start the selection process. I think she's considering and they're looking at dates of doing a poetry slam in the spring and let the kids know that if you like doing this, there will be an opportunity to be Alameda's Youth Poet Laureate, mm -hmm. which I think would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, those kinds of things are coming up. Summer reading is coming up. As I said, School Resource Services has been out in the schools. They're the, really the ones who are bringing our author in. Um, so they have been busy. We've got our DIA program scheduled. I think Fernanda has it scheduled for the 29th. I wrote about, I think I wrote about the Lego grant. And so we're very excited with that. I don't think the money has actually shown up, but we know we're gonna get it. So she's got her shopping list all good to go mm. and is very excited to move forward with that. It turns out we have some part-time staff that used to do those STEM programs. So they're already signed up to be part of the train the trainer. So we'll be able to take that program out to our branches as well as offering it here in our computer lab. Um, what else do we have coming up? Staff development day for the library staff is going to be on March 30th. We usually do it on Cesar Chavez day, which is the 31st, but Fridays are light staff day. So we put it on the Thursday, which is our big staff day. 
And um, we close all three libraries so that everybody can attend. It's a full day um, staff training. This year we're doing some team building. So we're actually going to do a field trip. Mm. And I'm not gonna say where we're going because some staff actually listen to the board meetings. <laughs> um, so they'll just know that we're gonna be doing team building. And we also do division reports so that everybody knows what another area of the library is doing. Oftentimes they don't really understand or some of them don't know we have a literacy program because they're housed over in the veterans building. So they usually come and give some of our stories um, and their successes and the types of programs. They're the ones who offer the easy voter guides that mm. you see all over the place. Mm -hmm. Those were originally written for the state library's literacy programs. So they order them and then distribute them back to the libraries. And staff is like, who's gonna order those? Alameda Reads handles that for us. They have speaking, you know, public speaking programs, writing programs, they publish books. They do all kinds of things. And some of our learners have become so accomplished, they speak to other literacy programs mm -hmm. about the successes and how you need to stick with the program and how it'll help you advance with whatever your goals are. Mm -hmm. Goals within the literacy program are all personal goals. The goal might be to be able to read a picture book to your school-aged child, or the goal might be you want to test at work and be able to be promoted. So they vary widely. I have a friend who was in that program and her goal was to get her motorcycle license. So she studied that motorcycle guide and she managed to get her motorcycle license. And she thought, if I could do that, I could apply for citizenship. <laughs> so she eventually applied for citizenship and got her American citizenship after the motorcycle license. <laughs> so I see what her priorities are. Um, but Alameda Reads does a tremendous job and the city only funds the two part-time positions, the coordinator and her assistant, and then offers them the space in the veterans building. Everything else they do is funded with a state grant. One year there was zero money coming from the state. So the friends and at the time our library foundation each donated $10,000 to their program. And they did that for two years until state funding came back. The friends still give money when they request it. And so I think they requested some funds this year because they're just about ready to publish their third book. And so that will be coming soon, we hope. Um, How many people does that serve? I think in terms of learners, they manage anywhere from 40 to 45 a year. Uh, okay. And it's one-on-one -on -one tutoring. Mm -hmm. They also do small group classes. Um, they have some contract instructors, most of them former literacy instructors, help do those. Some of them overlap. Some of them are just there for those small classes. They do computer literacy skills. Anyone is welcome to attend their computer classes, but people who are more literate tend to get frustrated because everything's so slow, because we need to give them time to read their screens and to figure out what it is they're doing. Um, so like I said, people can go, but it kind of drives them crazy a little bit. <laughs> they amazingly, with their writing classes, they submit to periodicals that are big in the, the adult literacy world. <laughs> but we frequently have students who do get accepted for their writings. And it's always a big deal because not every literacy program have students who have advanced to the point where they feel their writing should be published like that. 
So I think um, Barb and Red do a really tremendous job over there managing their volunteers. The volunteers help in their office as well. They have materials available here. They have materials over in their office space. They have a small computer lab over there. And she does trainings for new tutors, I think twice a year. It's a six week training. And they meet wherever they could find space in a public space. They're the only ones who could reserve our small study rooms. Otherwise, those are first come, first serve. They might meet in the cafe, but they don't meet in private homes mm -hmm. um, just for safety's sake. Mm -hmm. They might meet in the literacy office or something like that. But we've had our literacy program now for almost 30 years. Okay. So we're one of the founding literacy programs in the state. Started with about 10. Mm -hmm. And so given that we only have part-time staff running the program, mm -hmm. I think we do a lot. They have a relationship with the adult school. So they do get some referrals, Okay. 16, and you have to understand enough English to be able to get through the program. Mm -hmm. So Barb interviews everybody. And it's kind of funny that in the old days, they only would advertise with bookmarks and things you had to read. So it had to be someone you knew who could read to say, hey, if, you call, if we call this number, we can get you help so you can right. learn to read this bookmark. Right, right, right. Um, so they've done better. They now do voice ads, radio ads, but it's still a lot of word of mouth and referral from family, friends, and teachers. Okay. They don't necessarily take students from high school, um, although 16 is the bottom edge. They will refer those students generally to the adult school first, and then the adult school may refer them to Alameda Reads if they progress through that um, first, okay. since our program is so small. Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of it for ongoing. Okay, seed and tool library. That's exciting. The city council, it, it sounds a little circuitous, but the city council has voted to move forward with an aquatic center at Gene Sweeney Park. Mm -hmm. The seed and tool library is in the master plan for the park, but the infrastructure for that phase of the park is not done. They have to grade, they have, you know, lighting, all that stuff, and there's no money for it. Well, the location of this aquatic center is at the western end of Gene Sweeney. And if they're gonna bring in bulldozers and grade the ground and everything for the aquatic center, they might as well grade for the rest of that park. And then they could phase in the urban garden, the community gardens, and all these other things that are planned for the park including the seed and tool library. So as soon as word got out that they are gonna move forward with that, I'm working with the friends to get their fundraising machine going. Mm -hmm. We need to come up with new, more accurate estimates, but right now I want them to target about $700,000. Our plan is to use a container building and then the container building half will probably be new tools. And we have a lot of people for a while who've been wanting to donate tools. Mm -hmm. Ideally, and there's always new ideas that come, but ideally I was thinking we primarily wanted to not just have garden tools because we're gonna be right next to the community garden and they all get sheds of their own, but to use to have tools that are the kinds of things you might need to renovate your Victorian and you only need it once, 
and then you have to spend a couple hundred dollars to buy something and then you only use it once and then what do you do with it? Well, if you could borrow that kind of thing from the tool library, use it once and then return it. To me, I think that would be great. Berkeley Public had the first tool library in the country. Mm -hmm. And I used to live in Berkeley. So my dad and I, we used to go down there all the time. Everything from the rollers to roll out our lawn and lay new sod to the occasional I needed a circular saw until I bought my own. Um, but when I go to council meetings and I see people who are trying to renovate their homes and then the historic preservation group says, they're not putting the right kind of windows in this. Well, maybe we can harness some of those volunteers to have office hours at the tool library mm -hmm. and advise people on how to do the renovations that stay in line with the historic preservation of whatever building they're working on. Great. I wanna be able to hire people who can not only tell people how to use some of the tools because mm -hmm. they may not know, but how to fix them when they come back broken. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to make everybody else understand that we also need electricity to test things and we're gonna need water to clean things, especially mm -hmm. if we have the garden tools, they come back dirty. You know, and so there's a lot of little things to continue to work out. Some we thought about and some we hadn't because we didn't think the money was going to happen. But I think the friends can come through given enough time. And this project isn't going to hit shovels in the ground tomorrow. There still has to be a lot of design on the aquatic center itself. And all of that has to be decided before they even put an RFP out in order to get a contractor before they bring someone in to start doing the work that we're going to need. So it'll give us time to raise the money, to work out the details, to look at what the ongoing expense is going to be, but we're going to need to ch start championing the whole project. Right. I think there'll be a lot of support for it, and our small seed library that's currently here at the reference desk will move out to that space as well. You would need to staff it to certainly more librarians, two librarians, I guess. I'm thinking at least one paid staff member. Okay. It may not be a librarian. Um, because they don't teach tools in library school, or at least not when I was at library school, but maybe a skilled handyman, uh -huh. um, but at least one paid staff person who can maybe coordinate a, a group of volunteers with different skills, Okay, maybe offer fix-it fix -it clinics that can be done outdoors, because mm -hmm. it's not going to be a huge, huge space, right. but the possibilities are endless. But I've already got people coming in. Well, are you going to have sewing machines? Are you going to be able to check out cake pans? I love that idea too. I just don't think there's going to be the space. I mean, you see the thing, the library of things that are out there now. And yes, you can check out cake pans. And I've got a kitchen cabinet full of pans I use once a year, my little skull cupcakes and things like I don't make skull cupcakes at Christmas time, you know? And so, Again, there are the possibilities, but it's a matter of space. Um, so we, we're going to have to narrow our focus a little bit and decide what kind of tool library we want. In addition to having the seeds, we might enlist, well, we will enlist the Backyard Gardeners um, as one of our partners because they already help us with our seed library and do some of our gardening programs. You know, and so there's a lot of good collaboration that can happen. There's already a lot of goodwill because people are always calling to say, hey, I have this tool, that would you like it? Um, and we kind of have people holding off. We have just a small collection of hand tools. 
So that project is coming. And if you're at all interested in helping with that, I will put you on my list. And when we start moving forward with that, um, we will be calling on you because yeah. I'm going to try and get that moving sooner rather than later, although I can't promise how soon that is um, until the budget season is kind of behind me. And um, no thoughts of trying to put that building as part of the whole swimming aquatic center, like having space attached to that? No, I, I think that would be really difficult. Uh -huh. And given what the master plan looks like now that was approved and has okay. gone through all the hoops and everything, no, because okay. the seed and tool library was intentionally put closer to the food bank, the community gardens, and the urban forest. Okay. Because the plan is to have a backdoor to the community garden. So if you're working in the community garden and the tool library is open, you can come to the tool library and borrow the rake that you didn't have in your tool cabinet. Um, and then there'll also be a door to the main walking path so that if we don't want to have the community garden piece open, we can have the front open and people can just come in and use the tool library. So it was kind of intentionally placed where it okay. is. And I think the aquatic center is way off in the corner of the park. So it it's close. It's certainly spitting distance, but it's not adjacent okay. per se. But if they, like I said, get the infrastructure in, just about anything can happen. Got it. And since nothing's set in stone, just about anything can happen. Um, city does not move fast. What, what kind of sorry? <laughs> Are you planning for any kind of programming? Like, will there be a space for programming there, even if it's outside? I think it'll be outside, but yes. Okay, so we like would some kind like of to do something. Everything from you know gardening programs, which would be in connection probably if it's pruning trees with the urban forest. Yeah. Um, and then there could be, you know, like vegetable gardening programs working with the community gardens that are back there. Yeah. Because I think they're also going to have, I don't know what they call it, a display garden mm -hmm. um, so that people can see what's possible. And so there's good possibilities for those gardening programs, but I'd like there to be some side space so that there could be some tool demonstrations. Right. Like how do I use my circular exactly. saw? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like I'm going to use the paint mixer and I'm not going to have them splash paint all over the inside of the building. Yeah. Um, so we're not going for that psychedelic look. <laughs> but, um, we have a lot of ideas. We just need to get them focused, yeah. um, moving in one direction. But it will happen in our lifetime. Pardon me? Two, three years, like along with... Um, well, I'm anticipating with the Swim Center piece... It may be two years for them. Mm -hmm. So if it's two years for them, my best guess would be that we could probably get the seed and tool library up in less than that. Mm -hmm. um, because we just need the grading and a container building is pretty much stop and drop. Yep get the connections in, and then it'll be up to us with the operations, the contents, um, you know, all, all the FF&E is going to be the hard part because you have to figure out do you want more shelving or do you want more racks on the wall, depending on the kind of tools that you want to have and how many of each kind do you want. I mean, we have hammers coming out of our ears as donations, and I have to say personally at home, I probably have like six different hammers, <laughs> and, and they're all different. 
or sentimental. <laughs> you know, so you can't throw away something your grandpa had. Right. I don't use that one, but I have it. So, you know, we'll we'll see. It it's coming together. It's been three weeks since they voted to move forward with it. So we're stirring the pot already. Who who's coordinating the community garden? I think recreation with the um backyard gardeners. Okay. Recreation is in charge of nearly all of Jean Sweeney. Mm -hmm. And then they have like partners to do different pieces okay. of it, like the seed and tool library. It's their space, but it's our library. Thing. Yeah, I'm thinking of coordinating with the REAP project for like compost. And that's right on where the railroad tracks were, right mm -hmm. there yep, yep. the parks. So that would, and they may already be in touch, but I'll follow up on that. Let's see. They okay. are, they should be. But yeah, I think the Seed and Tool Library will be a huge benefit to the community. It's at the right place. Mm -hmm. And so we're mm -hmm. going to move forward as quickly as we can, Very as quickly as our funding can make it happen. Okay. Friends of the Library. Sarah? I'm going to let you start. Okay. Um, I have been involved with the Friends of the Library's newly formed CAFE committee. Um, and I think there's a lot of very enthusiastic <laughs> ideas. I'm not sure how many of you, some of you have volunteered in the CAFE before, or at least, okay. The bookstore. Oh, the bookstore. Or the, the book sorting or the book sale. Yeah. So the CAFE is reopened, but I have never been because um, the hours are pretty limited post reopening for COVID. 12 to 4, Monday through Friday. Yep. Um, and so there are lots of ideas for what a, a relaunch might look like. Um, so I've been helping them sort of think about all of the possibilities and also trying to encourage staff input and then surveying of the community to find out what is really like wanted. Um, so I think there are, you will probably hear some like a range of ideas um, and right now we're in very early stages. Things like, do I think there's like big opportunities around awareness, <laughs> mostly being the main awareness. awareness. Just like people sure. not knowing yeah. that that space is even there. Um, and then starting to look at what would maybe different offerings look like? How could the space be organized differently? What kinds of things could we do to make the volunteers have like a more, you know, an easier time? Um, so. I will keep this group updated. Um, the like most recent news is that we have been approved to move forward with a newly formed oversight committee, which Jane is serving on. Um, and so they'll be like the direct liaison between the cafe committee and the friends of the library board. Um, and we're really just starting to like investigate all of the different options. Um, and Jane has been very helpful with all of the questions that I know. It's probably That's all right. taken a lot of your time. So the link to the survey that was sent out for library staff was in your board letter. Feel free to take the survey and give your opinion with what you think that space should be used for, how it can be used, what they should offer, if you have any idea of what they should offer. I'm not in favor of a restaurant down there. We argue with people about bringing food into the library and not eating 
in the library and I could just hear some of our regulars say, but I just bought it here, so why can't I eat it here? Yeah. Um, and, and we get into those kind of discussions with the public all the time and it's very difficult. And I don't want smells of things cooking coming into the library and I get asked, why not? Um, but, you know, I want it to be successful. I want it to be a nice space. It has been in the past. I think the pandemic really shut things down. But I think changing the hours is key. If they were open when story time ended, yes, they will sell those cheese sticks mm -hmm. because the kids asked for the cheese sticks and the goldfish and the juice boxes. They didn't used to carry those until they have this little notebook. And when the kids ask for something or the parents ask for something, they make note. And if the shopper can find it, they would add it to their inventory but they're not open when story time ends. Yes, and I think that's one of the very first things. And I would also really love to expand the hours beyond 4 p.m. too, because I've spent a couple of shifts volunteering there now to see what it's about. And there is a rush at 3.30 p.m. of high school students who all line up to buy their sodas and cup noodle right before we close at four, and then they hang out for a while. So I think even just a, an additional hour in the evening is worth considering. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm in favor of the small optimizations right now and also just driving awareness. And then I think it'll be interesting to see. But I don't think we're going down the restaurant routes. We're not like rated as a restaurant. It's technically rated as a snack bar, which means no. Yes. No it was preparing of a food. snack bar. Yeah. And I yeah. have the paperwork that that's what they apply for to yeah. the health department. Mm -hmm. If they want to change their menu significantly, they should have an assessment done so they know what they have to change to offer the menu they would like to offer so they're not fined yeah when I, they change the menu without permission yeah i, I, think, I remember the big thing problem once was the heat of the temperature of the water yes which is they're working still on still a problem we are working on it yeah um but yes i think it will probably be snack we will still fall into the snack bar qualification um and the other thing is uh, adding credit card yeah. acceptance which i think will be great uh, although I sort of thought that that was going to be great and then I volunteered and realized not very many people are trying to use credit cards for a dollar item um but I think it will be good especially since BFF has added credit card transactions there we do have to figure out right now there's that like plexi sneeze guard that has to be in all the city buildings so we don't have anywhere to put the credit card machine so we're going to need to figure out if we can like cut a little spot in that so currently investigating that that may be possible but bringing it down completely i didn't totally appreciate that we're not going to let bur bureaucracy stop us <laughs> no it's jane that's stopping you I didn't know that's that it's not the bureaucracy <laughs> yeah and if you don't like it jane can say no and you can't do anything yeah um you know but, but yeah i want it to be successful i'm not big on charging one dollar um especially on square, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're going to do what they're going to do. They started adding credit cards at the concerts to sell snacks and that kind of thing. And that's fine. But, you know, a cookie is a dollar, a glass of wine is $2. And I had one person goes, this is going to crash and burn. He used his credit card to get two glasses of wine and a brownie and a cookie. But it doesn't say that on the receipt. So he goes to the cafe person and said, I bought a brownie and a cookie. And it doesn't say that. 
and it doesn't say how many. Uh, he could have taken the same receipt mm -hmm. over there several times mm -hmm. and got way more than what he paid for. He's not going to, but he's like, it's very confusing. And he did not find it very friendly. He was much happier to be able to flip out a couple bucks, which is what mm -hmm. most people normally did. Yeah. And I think some people still did, yeah. still do. Well, and I think that the event food sales is actually separate from the cafe because we don't have credit cards launched yet. But the, no, but they brought the the, the BFF one in. The yeah. biggest advantage to Square, because I do now believe that a lot of people are going to continue to spend cash there, is um, now we will have inventory. Right now, there's really like zero information about say we. I can't tell you what the most popular item is. I can't tell you anything about <laughs> like monthly sales. So like just adding uh you know like a piece of software that is now tracking will be really helpful for them as they plan and forecast i think they ran into something similar with the bff yeah because we had an awful time setting that up yeah yeah i think it will be a, a value add in the end but in the end yeah they want to change the appearance somehow adding curtains at the bottom of the windows is not a good idea. And I told Nancy that because when they're not open, who's going to keep the toddlers from yanking on these little curtains that are just there with spring rods? Yeah. So she wants to know if they can hang things from the ceiling. So not from the grids on the lights because they already fall out too easily. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I'm thinking about it. And then she wanted the red chairs. Who, who decided the green chairs go in there? the professional interior designer <laughs> because she thought the red chairs clashed with the bricks and so the green chairs would pop off the bricks at least 17 years ago but we were going to pull some chairs out of another room so that's why some of those red chairs are down there we might have one more but... yeah they're very excited about that I know I, I was thought... in there this afternoon and I did not note the color of any chair yeah <laughs> <laughs> I would not have several months ago yeah. either. But. Yeah, and then people who move the small tables so that they could use the plugs under the tables, that's kind of concerning. Yeah. Because they tend to break the covers off those things. And then if we ever take those out, there's nothing else that can cover those holes. And so it's yeah. like... I think like from a decor perspective, like I'm not as concerned about that. Like there's a lot of great ideas. Well, that's now. an easy I'll let other people... Yeah. The renovation of the counter and the buildings. Well, and I, I'm like more interested in like the optimizations of the space and also just like bringing awareness to it. I do think there's an opportunity. All of the four top tables in there are generally sat with one person in, at any point in the day. So I think bringing in some two top tables might be helpful. But um, anyway, I'll keep this group updated. If you have any comments, do you want to send directly to me? Please do or fill out the survey that was linked in the packet. Yeah, would be helpful. I don't know how many staff have submitted. A lot. Oh, good. Yes, we had a lot of participation, which I was very excited about. Yeah, I sent them the link twice. Cool. <laughs> well, once in an email and once on our daily chat, I sent it out just as a reminder. You can fill this out and be frank. So it's like, okay. Um, I already talked about the concerts. Their bookstore is doing really well. I sent you the link to the last article that was written about the bookstore. Um, they are keeping busy and they are excited that the Seed and Tool Library is going to be coming along, but they're most excited about the cafe project. So they are plugging along. 
patrons' suggestions, comments, speakouts, and library director's response. I have two. Um, as more patrons use the Alameda Library, my eyes are not good. They spend hours from three to four hours constantly using their cell phone power and their power is depleted. My suggestion is to install iPhone and Android phone charging stations on the tables and in the reading area and on furniture. Please consider allocating system improvements to best serve the patrons sincerely. Well, we offer charging chargers at the reference desk for both Android and iPhone already. We've lost only half of them, but we still have them available and people use them. We also don't wanna see cords running across the carpet where people walk. It's funny because we already have started looking at adding uh, USB ports to the tabletop so people can plug in their own cables. I don't think it's necessary for us to be able to power the cables. I think I can. it's a reasonable expectation that if they need to charge, they bring their own charging cables. So we've already ordered one to test before this speak out even came. And as we have time, we'll start rolling them out to the public tables up here on the, the second floor. We probably won't on the first floor. Most of the people who tend to use their phones while they're in the library are up here. Yeah. So we're already working on this. Um, patrons like myself would be so happy if APL allows a free number of pages to be printed from the computer we're logged into. This one's a little bit more complicated, but the bottom line is if we give free copies overall, we're going to pay more. And so it's a nominal fee to print. We are lowering the price of color prints because we're changing printing vendors. Our current vendor has gone bankrupt, so we're in the process of contracting with a new one. So if we gave free copies, the counter still counts and we still get charged for them. So we pass that cost on to the people who are actually paying for copies. So it's more equitable if everybody just pays the nominal fee. So we do not have plans to give free copies at all. It's just a matter of doing business and keeping our heads up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are the only two I have. Board communications. Communications from the board regarding library activities and any comments, suggestions, or questions related to library business. There was an email today about the teen services, or at least what I remember was like the tutor dot com and all that like how many how many people use those like that that's really cool that we, we <laughs> have that yeah we've yeah. had tutor.com for years uh -huh. um the state started with a grant that's how we started and then now we get a discounted price okay and they've re-upped the portion that they will pay for now um I think on average, it could be better, but I think we have probably about 30 or 40 and it ebbs and flows with the school year for people using tutor.com. Tutor.com not only does elementary and high school, mm -hmm. but they will also read your resume mm -hmm. and comment on that. They will help you with your cover letters. Um, they've helped a lot of people with their um, what are they called? Entry, entry employment exams, like firefighter one, postal carrier, 
those kind of exams, right. they will help you work through those as well. And it's a live tutor um, on the other end and trained teachers on the other end. It just, like I said, it just doesn't get used as much uh -huh. and we've advertised it and we advertise it in the schools when we go. Okay. And we have during the school year, we have high school students who are here to tutor elementary school students. Mm -hmm. We get people here, we get more tutors than we get students mm -hmm. to help. And it was always with the intention with parents working, may not have time to help their kids with their right. homework, but teachers would try and send their students and that wasn't really working. We'd have them here. We always have a bunch of tutors out at Bay Farm with no students coming in. And West End, we would have fewest tutors available, but we also would only get one or two students down there. So one tutor was enough for a couple students. We try and offer as much homework support as possible but people don't take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. And we push it through our teen librarian. We push it with our school resources librarian. It's just hard. Mm -hmm. You know, it's part of the best kept secret parts of yeah, libraries. Yeah. You know, and so, but it gets used. It could be used more. Okay. Mm -hmm. Any other comments? I was just, I, I really enjoyed uh, reading about your, your article about Carmen. And Carmen came in right about the time I started volunteering, and we would have conversations. She she would come to me, and I think because we were about the same height, she <laughs> and would chat, and she'd bring her family in, and we'd chat. And it was and then several other of the um, volunteers who were also in the reading uh, Alameda Reads program would also start coming in. And a bunch of us would sort of have a, a fun time of just having, sitting down and having a cup of coffee and chatting. And it, it may seem to make a tremendous difference to the students and the learners who could you know, talk about all kinds of things as they build up their, their um, and it was really, if it, something like that could, you can't formalize something like that. I don't they, they have conversation groups. They yeah. organize conversation yeah. groups where mm -hmm. they will gather yeah. and just talk about whatever comes to mind mm -hmm. because they just need the practice. Yeah, because one of the women who worked in the um, in the cafe was uh, also part of um, Alameda Reads. She was, I think she was Vietnamese. And she and Carmen struck up this great friendship. And it was just, it was so nice to see it working as that, uh, that people didn't have to be exactly with people of exactly their ethnicity or their background. They were learning, and that was what what was so important to them. So I just wanted to say, I, I already that, miss her. Yeah, carries on. Anything else? Staff communications. That comes back to me. Yes. You should have received an email saying you need to do your form 700. Yes. So please remember to do your form 700. Yes. And attached to that email is the sunshine ordinance declaration that looks like this. When you file your online form 700, this is separate. 
So it requires an original signature. So you need to print it and turn it in. Mm. You can turn it in to us and we'll make sure it gets across the street or you can mail it directly to the clerk's mm. office. If you've already taken the Sunshine Ordinance training, you don't necessarily need to take it again. If you've never seen it, you should watch it at least once. Um, but the clerk reminded, pardon me? Have they changed it? No. Thank you. Not, not that I'm aware of. Um, but the clerk has reminded us to remind all of our boards and commissions, please get it done. She'll start nagging in about two weeks. Okay. <laughs> um, and once you've done it, if you know, a lot of your things don't change, then there is the ability to just pick last year's and then make minor edits rather than have to go through the whole thing over again. Um, there's this thing called the Spring Shindig coming up on April 15th. It's um, kind of a family-friendly open fair out at Alameda Point that's hosted by Community Development and ARPD. And we have the opportunity to have an outreach table there. I think Teen and Adult Services is planning on sending some staff down there. And they said, if anyone on the library board is interested in going with, it's only from 12 to three, we need to staff the table. So it's not like you're committing a full day. And it's a prime opportunity to meet with members of the public, promote the facts of that Alameda point by the gymnasium that we could use a library down here at this end, whether it's a joint use facility with recreation with a community room between the rec half and the library half or something like that, or just to be out in the community. The event happens rain or shine. Staff is still looking at who they can send down there. And I think the friends of the library are also considering a table at this event. And so it's possible we may have our two tables side by side. So if you're interested, you can get back to me and let me know if you want to be there for any or all of the 12 to three o'clock um, thing to stand or sit at the table. We probably will have our wheel of fortune. We have one of those wheels. So the prizes can vary from something really cool to pencils and bookmarks. The people always like free stuff. We just make them work a little bit by spinning the wheel. <laughs> um, and then any flyers for upcoming programs, brochures on the various databases, that kind of stuff always goes with us when we go out. And I think the friends will have similar materials for their- What's um, the date again, Jen? April 15th. How do you forget that um, So it sounds like a good event. I don't know how many years they've been doing it. We haven't had enough staffing to send anyone. And I think they're, trying to talk Giuliano into going down to do it. But we'll see. They haven't quite decided who they would send, but it's on their list. So they will do that. It's not one that the children's department was going to participate in. I think they're looking at the Cinco de Mayo Fair that the city will be doing instead. This week is also spring break week for AUSD. Yeah, maybe that's why they call it the spring Shindig. Maybe, but it, I don't know. Well, is it at the beginning or the end? It's the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe people will be coming back into town. That's yeah. one last thing to do. But um, if you're interested and available, team, uh, adult services said they'd be happy to have a board member accompany them or two. Let's see. 
the last thing I have is to announce I'm going to retire. Oh. Um, end of the fiscal year, so the end of June. Oh, wow. wow. I'm going to retire. I'm giving notice now to give the city manager time to look for a successor. I've made a recommendation for a staff member at least to be interim. And if she's of a mind to a point, but that's totally her decision. And so she's already getting to know the individual because she doesn't know them very well. And the city council was informed. I only let them know this early because the friends have so many projects that I needed to tell the friends that I was going to retire. So they don't rope me into too much. <laughs> um, and that oversight committee, I already insisted Marlon be on it. That's yeah. why I wanted two people. Well, someone besides myself on that committee. So knowing I had to tell the friends, I sent my letter to the city manager and told her to let the council know. So the council has already been informed. Everybody is already saying, so oh, what are you going to do now? It's like, I'm going to work until the end of June. <laughs> I have things to finish. Um, and then I let her know that I was letting you all know tonight. Some staff already know, some staff do not. They will formally be informed at our staff development day um, at the end of this month. Then the library cooperatives will be informed at the end of April because the annual meeting for our Northern California Cooperative is kind of the middle of May. And I feel I need to attend that as the past president um, to let them all know. Though so somebody contacted me and said, I'm stepping off the executive board and I think you would be a great replacement. <laughs> so I had to tell her that I was gonna retire. She's like, oh no, I'll keep it to myself until you make the announcement. So, but I will be leaving Alameda with 40 years Wow. working for the city my whole career almost in one jurisdiction and I know it's not the work I'm going to miss although I might miss some of the challenges just because you know you just don't want to float through life um, but it'll always be the people and so I have another board meeting before I go and like I said I have projects to finish and things that I want to get done I certainly want to set the next person up for success and so you have now been informed. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you for your service. It's, it's been a fun ride. This is not the position I aspired to when I started library school. I just wanted to be a children's librarian. <laughs> um, you know, and so th this has been really good. I have learned a ton. And as I said to someone else, everything that was in my retirement letter that I listed as accomplishments, I did not do alone. It was with the support of the library boards, the community members, and most of all the staff. I am very happy to stand behind the staff because they're the ones who do the work. I don't need the praise. I just make it possible for them to do what they love to do. And that's the kind of thing that I'm going to miss. I told staff no party. <laughs> However, I don't think that's really going to happen. <laughs> Already people are saying, make sure I get an invitation. <laughs> so we'll have to see what happens with that. But it's still a couple months off. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I'm closing the meeting. Sorry. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to tell you all. But there it is.
what part does the board get to be part of it and, and selection of a new? Uh, That's a good question. Um, none. None. <laughs> <laughs> well, <Good> answer. <laughs> I can't. It it varies from city manager to city manager. If she chooses to do a full recruitment, she may ask to have a board member sit on one of the panels. Mm -hmm. I interviewed twice for this, not for this current mm -hmm. appointment, but the previous time, knowing full well that the city manager at the time didn't hire from within. Mm -hmm. He always brought in someone from the outside. But I wanted to find out what kind of person he wanted to run the library. Yeah. So I interviewed and he had an outside panel or what he considered an outside panel, which was a library director from another jurisdiction, a member of our library board and another department head within the city. So you answered a series of questions there. Then you went to a panel that had the assistant city manager and the HR director, and you were given a scenario for a staff report, and then you were given half an hour to write a staff report and then stand at a podium and make a presentation to the Faux City Council. And I very rarely have to present to city council. So that was kind of a weird exercise. Mm -hmm. And then you got your 15 minutes talking to the city manager and he spent most of the time talking about himself um, mm -hmm. because you don't get complaints about the library. So he had nothing to say to me and I know how the library works. So he didn't need to tell me about it and what he wanted. <laughs> And I didn't get the job and I didn't expect to. And they brought in someone from Oregon. Uh, but this time around, I was asked to be the acting director by at that time an acting city manager. Mm -hmm. And the incoming city manager asked me if I really wanted the position. And I told her I had never been the library director. I had only managed my children's budget. There were a lot of things that would be required that I had never done before, and I would need at least six months to have a sense of it was something I wanted to do. And so six months to the day, she said, so what do you think? <laughs> do you want it or not? I asked to have a recruitment done because I wanted to make sure they wanted me mm -hmm. and I was the best person for the job because I knew I'd have a job even if I didn't get the director. Mm -hmm. So it was basically just one oral board with no library board members, an outside library director, an internal department head, and someone from HR. And normally the HR person doesn't say anything, but they were part of the panel. Yeah. So it was that one panel and an interview with the city manager. And I finished first. The person who finished second was a person that I was a little nervous if she had got the job, I don't know if I would have stayed. Uh, um, and she ended up leaving a Bay Area library and going to Southern California because she was having difficulty with the Bay Area library. And in the end, she had difficulty with that Southern California library. So now she's a consultant. <laughs> um, but yeah, I feel bad for her, but not that bad. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, okay. you know, and so it'll be up to the city manager to decide. I think the next library board meeting, I will bring Marlon to the meeting so you could at least meet him because he will be very likely the interim. Okay, oh, that's great. Um, so I think you should get to know 
who he is. And that way, if he does feel like he wants this job, he can have you guys write letters of support mm -hmm. um, if you feel he would be a good replacement. So that's a long answer to a short okay. question. Any other questions or comments? All right. Okay. Non-agenda public comment. Anyone may speak for three minutes on any matter not on the agenda. So looking here um, at the Zoom, uh, there are two attendees. One is an employee. <laughs> so that's there's only one public uh, member of the public here. So uh, if you would like to speak, Mari, go ahead and raise your hand to let us know. And then if not, we can move to the adjournment. So we'll give you a few seconds. Okay, so we'll move on to adjournment. Okay, 725. Okay, I'll end the recording. Um, good night, everyone. <laughs>